Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for June 5th, 2020. On this day in 1883, the Express Dorian left Paris for Vienna. In 1865, a prominent Belgian banker's son named George Nagelmachers first envisioned a train that would span a continent, running on a continuous ribbon of metal for more than 1,500 miles. As E.H. Cookridge writes in Orient Express, the life and times of the world's most famous train. During a trip to America, Nagelmachers witnessed the many innovations in railway travels there, chief among them George Pullman's unprecedented luxurious sleeper cars, and he returned determined to realize his vision. In 1883, after a number of false starts, financial troubles, and difficulties negotiating with various national railway companies, Nagelmachers Sleeper Car Company established a route from Paris to Constantinople. The newspapers dubbed it the Orient Express, though today's Istanbul was as far toward the Orient as the train would ever travel, and Nagelmachers embraced the name. On October 4th, the Orient Express set out on its first formal journey, with many journalists aboard to publicly marvel at the train's luxury and beauty. Nagelmachers, a clever showman, even arranged to have shoddy, decaying old Pullman cars stand in contrast on the tracks adjacent to the Express as it left Paris's Gare de Strasbourg. Aboard the train, the delighted passengers felt as though they'd entered one of Europe's finest hotels. They marveled at the intricate wooden paneling, deluxe leather armchairs, silk sheets, and wool blankets for the beds. The journey from Paris to Istanbul lasted a little over 80 hours. Some kings traveling on board the train infamously exhibited very odd behavior. Ferdinand of Bulgaria, scared to death of assassins, was observed locking himself in the bathroom. Belgium's King Leopold II rode the train to Istanbul after making elaborate arrangements to infiltrate a Turkish man's harem. The King of Bulgaria, an amateur engineer, insisted that he be allowed to drive the train through his country, which he did at perilous speeds. Tsar Nicholas II demanded that special cars be built for his visit to France, and some decades later, the French president Paul de Chanel clumsily tumbled from one of these cars in the dead of night, an event that prompted such ridicule that he eventually resigned. In its heyday, the train duly earned another nickname, Spies Express. Continent-hopping secret agents loved the train, writes Cookridge, since it simply made their jobs so much easier and their travels much more comfortable. One of the most remarkable of these agents was an Englishman named Robert Baden-Powell, who posed as a lepidopterist collecting samples in the Balkans. His intricate sketches of the forms and colors of butterfly wings were actually coded representations of the fortifications he spotted along the Dalmatian coast, which served as great aids to the British and Italian navies during World War I. Though the two world wars severely limited the Orient Express service, a single car played a fascinating symbolic role in both. On November 11th of 1918, German officers signed a surrender document in an Allied commander's sleeper car, 
which he used as a mobile conference room. The French proudly exhibited the car in Paris until June of 1940, when Hitler ordered that it be hauled to the precise spot where the Germans had been forced to surrender 22 years before. There, he dictated the terms of French surrender. Four years later, when Hitler's loss seemed imminent, he ordered that the car be blown up, lest it become a trophy of the Allies once more. Kings and crooks, millionaires and refugees, big game hunters and smugglers, prima donnas and courtesans traveled on the majestic Orient Express. Tycoons and financiers clinched their deals across its sumptuous dining tables. Diplomats, spies, and revolutionaries on board the train moved secretively to their moments of history. The era of such intrigue and excitement aboard the Orient Express, however, is over. But in a world that becomes more connected every day, and one in which there is no shortage of luxury travel, much of Nagelmacher's vision lives on. Today's Venice Simplon Orient Express aims for the opulence of the original, and one can still go for a ride in its restored, original Nagelmacher's cars for the small price of $3,500 per person. Hey, the King of Trains and the Train of Kings doesn't come cheap. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. And if you'd like to hear more of Dan Newton's charming cafe music, head over to CafeAccordion.com. And when you do, tell him I said hi.